Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're in to start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. Happy Memorial Day, guys. Oh, that's today. Yeah, that's today. Everyone's probably getting ready for their yummy barbecues, uh, or you're listening to this the next day because you're going to, on your commute, and you're like, oh boy, what are these guys into? But we hope you enjoyed your barbecue. We hope so. Either the barbecue you're about to enjoy or the barbecue you did enjoy. Barbecue exists in its own pocket of space-time. It's true. Yeah, it doesn't obey the linear rules that our time normally does. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so this week we're doing something a little different. Uh, if you might remember, last week was the series finale of this small HBO show called Game of Thrones. You may not have heard of it's it. It's tiny, low-budget drama. Um, yeah, so it, uh, it concluded, and it so we're going to give it a little bit of time, talk about our, our overall thoughts, um, and then we're, we're going to talk about our own stuff that we're into for the week. Uh, so if you don't care about the end of Game of Thrones, you can skip to whatever, and then uh, just keep hitting the 15 seconds until you hear us talking about something else. <laughs> um... But yeah, so, uh, Lex, uh, did you have thoughts about the end of Game of Thrones? I mean, not not as aggressively as some folks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> did you not sign the petition? I, oh, don't, uh, I don't even want to talk about this. So silly. Uh, it's that, I guess, total sidebar. The petition thing, like, I get not liking the way the series ended. Yeah. Fine, that's subjective, whether you liked it or not. But the idea that that would accomplish anything is a little bit a little bit nonsensical there's almost because of the way these things are made and how far in advance they're made and how expensive it is and how many people you need involved there's no way for a petition like that to actually impact anything it's not possible right anyway uh <laughs> I, look if well, you did more look more power to you if you did sign it i'm just letting you know that there's uh there's a 0% chance that that will affect anything at all. I mean, maybe it's not zero, though, because you saw what happened with Sonic, where fans were like, the design is bad. Bleh. And so now they, they it's been pushed back to 2020. I know. So uh, fan outrage works, Lex Michael. Uh, you just got to get yeah. mad about something. Say what you will about the Sonic design, man. I don't think. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> I, but like it is you know like, i mean yes. I, don't, I don't necessarily even if i don't like something or i'm assuming i won't like something in a piece of media that's coming out or has come out already i just i don't necessarily want creators to have to alter things because people complain that's true i mean i guess i'd rather they just get it right the first time well it's it's not like a restaurant right like it, that's not how it works right you if you you don't get to send it back just because you don't like it that's just full stop not how art or media works right um or, yes. or it wasn't and it shouldn't be so that's why that's what concerns me about the sonic thing is that you know, obviously that's a smaller thing to tackle than what what the signers of this recent petition want which is to remake the entire eighth season of this show right but ah, slippery slope i don't <laughs> think i don't think it's 
a good thing. No, Lex, we live in a new age where you can change whatever you want to. I mean, as long as it's media related. I mean, I'm sure that everyone who signed this petition could have put their energy towards something that mattered. Like, you know, all the legislation that's going through regarding people's bodies Mm -hmm. or rights and stuff like that. No, but nothing is more important than a season of television that wasn't maybe my favorite season of television of all time. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm owed things by creators. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that kind of gets into where we, um, we, you and I have talked about, uh, the ending of game of Thrones and right. Which, we should actually uh, talk about now, I suppose, right. because my thoughts are, are I, I can sum them up pretty succinctly. Yeah. Which is, so a, as we know, uh, the creators, Benioff and Weiss, were uh, apparently offered as much time and money as they felt they needed to conclude the series. And they said, nah, two shortened seasons and the last season's only going to be six episodes. We got this. The result of which is we got to speed through a lot of stuff. A lot of people took issue with certain character turns. Obviously, biggest example being Daenerys' turn towards the end where she burns the entire... Spoilers, she burns all of King's Landing. A lot of people argued that that felt completely out of character, felt out of nowhere, felt completely arbitrary, and I disagree, and that's one example. I think all of the what's in the final season were correct. They all made perfect sense to me as resolutions to the arcs that we've been building for these characters since the beginning of the show. Having said that, we have to get from point to point to point so quickly that we aren't able to dramatize these big steps very much, if at all. So in the moment, certain things feel arbitrary, which is absolutely uh, not, let's say not really what you want. Yeah. But I think the what's all track for me the what's are satisfying the how's less so and then of course your mileage may vary some people are very grumpy about the what's okay the what's work for me the how i i wish we had a an entire other season to dramatize every big leap more effectively if we'd had that i think a lot of people would be a lot more satisfied so for me it's it's the how more than the what that i bumped up against a little bit i think that like the how or the the what's and the hows are interconnected. So for me, I think I was unsatisfied because the way that story structure works is like set off, set up payoff, right? Um, in some way, shape, or form. Like you may not get the payoff that you are expecting, but like or the payoff you want, right? Um, but I feel like there has to be something that is relatively cause and effect oriented, and so them trying to speed through these points, they are essentially just shoving these characters on a paper boat and sending them down a river to their ultimate destination. Right. And I think that the way that they did it could have been like small changes would have resulted in a better payoff than the ones that were given. Like I, because I think the what's, were not earned and so I'm not okay with the what's in addition to the how's Um, because I think that like solid storytelling will like even if you have six episodes to get let's say for example Danny to be the quote-unquote evil queen Mm -hmm. like maybe we were heading that way I think we were very much heading that way from 
the beginning of the show, if not season two, because if you if you go back and watch the entire show again, which I watched the entire show leading up to the eighth season, if that's not where we were going, Daenerys had absolutely no character arc at all after the first season. Like right. her story was done if that's not where we were taking it. And it seems very much like that's where we've been taking it. It's just that we spent so much, we spent what, two to three seasons largely wheel spinning with her character. Yes. And then all of a sudden at the very end, it's like, boom, boom, boom. We're getting there really, really quickly. Yeah. So for me, it really does feel like we were always heading here, but man, we could have managed some of that time a little more efficiently. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, though I feel like the way that the story had progressed, we, it could, I feel like it could have gone either way because her arc is about learning to be better than she was or better than her ancestors. Um, and so I think it would have taken more provocation for that turn to happen. Um, so with the story that we got, what? Well, I don't, I didn't read her arc that way. Like she want, of course she wanted to be a better queen than her, her ancestors were. But for me, her entire, the, the, her goal was the throne. Her goal was ultimately power. Right. You know, more so than being being a better queen. Like, she wants to rule over everybody, yeah, but it's not... Yes, she, she says she wants to rule over everybody to break the wheel and make a better world, but it's all predicated on her desire, her need to rule over everybody. So for me, it was always a story about somebody who's seeking power because they feel entitled to that power. I talked to... Uh, talk to actually, a uh, former guest, uh, Brian Andrews, yeah. and I were talking about the finale, and he, he was saying how he refers to the dragons as a trust fund. Okay. Because a lot of it is about... A lot of it is about entitlement. It's about her feeling of entitlement to that power. And granted, until we find out... Spoilers. Until we find out that Jon Snow is a Targaryen himself, Daenerys really does arguably have a strong claim. Like, yes, Robert Baratheon's heir, like, you could argue maybe... If Gendry wasn't a bastard, like he'd have a claim to the throne. But as far as Daenerys is concerned, Robert was a usurper. So his claim was false to begin with. So right. she does have a legitimate claim. But with that comes this sense of entitlement. And I think to me, that's what the arc was essentially. Yes, she wants to, if she can, be the best queen possible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all predicated on this desire for power she feels that she's owed. Right. But it's also the like keeping with the trust fund uh analogy it's like as she was going she was taking on advisors that were like like basically people who were woke enough to be like yo you got privilege and she's like what am i am i not using my privilege right and they're like nah you're fucking it up like you're using your privilege in all the wrong ways um and so at a certain point she essentially started waking up and then shut her eyes and was like i'm just gonna use my privilege which is these dragons to lash out at everyone indiscriminately whereas like i was using my privilege only against the wealthy right but um, also too like we establish and again the, the big issue for me and i think really the crux of of the issue that you're having if i'm understanding correctly it's just that we speed to that finish so 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 quickly and we really needed i think another full season of laying additional groundwork because you can connect the dots right you can connect i mean we establish earlier in the show that i forget which season it is she she conquers a, a kingdom and she expects that everybody is going to receive her warmly and with love and when they don't she just 
can't process it. Yeah. You know? And so a, a version of that is what happens in the penultimate episode when she arrives and she expects to be greeted with love and warmth and acceptance and she's not. And I think that's the last straw for her. But we're speeding through everything so quickly we don't actually get that moment dramatized. Right. You know what I mean? Like a couple a couple of shots of them reacting in terror or or not re- not reacting the way that she wants them to would have made all the difference, I right. think. And we don't get that shot. So all of those dots are there. It's just we're leaping from dot to dot instead of connecting the two right. with a straight line. I mean, yeah. I think for me personally, my overall issue with this last season is that they, from a storytelling standpoint, they took, they they basically took what should have been the finale and as and kind of killed it halfway um which was like the white walker saga right we'll call it or the white walker storyline and they they i i think because there was a feeling that people love political intrigue um they were just going to spend the last few episodes doing that yummy, yummy political entry, which was what, of like, which is what got me into the show in the first place. Right. Like I can honestly take or leave most of the fantasy stuff. That's what did it for me initially. Right. But if you're, if you're going to lean into the political intrigue, then do the work of, of, of that piece. Right. So either, um, lean into the fantasy and let that guide your uh your finale or your your like final season or lean into the political intrigue and let that also guide it and just do the 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 groundwork to get the people where they need to go right instead it the feeling of the season was that the focus was on spectacle like, like they, they went had a, full... a big dartboard and yeah. were like here are cool shots that i think should be included in the season how do we get those shots? Right. They went full summer blockbuster with it. And to be fair, to their credit, I think a lot of the visual storytelling is pretty great. Like, it's a very well shot, well executed. From a technical level, I think it's fantastically executed. Yes. But yes, it is sort of the big, big, goofy summer blockbuster version of the thing. There, are, But there are shots that I think are really great. Like, there's that shot in the finale. And of course, it's the most on-the-nose bit of imagery you could think of, where Daenerys is is approaching. She walks into the shot, and her dragon is behind her, and the wings look as if they're spreading outwards from her. Right. Very, very, very on-the-nose in terms of symbolism, but I thought it was a really excellent image. Right. Yes. And that's the thing, is everyone who's working on this show um, did everything like they 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 did everything to the top of their ability except for the people who were supposed to clear the water bottles from the set <sighs> whatever i mean i'm not really worried about it but it is a, it is interesting to me that that yeah in in the final season twice in the season yeah there was uh uh erroneous beverage containers <laughs> in the shot yeah i which is funny because most of the like most of them could have either you take a different angle or you just cut it off. But no one, no one was like paying any attention, which is ultimately the the big issue. Like it's it's representative of the bigger issue in that like the finer details don't matter. Um, and so that's, that's a good way to put it. Right. 
And and so that I think that's why everyone took an issue with it. Like in in a vacuum, each of those episodes was a masterclass in in how to create compelling imagery and how to do a large scale, um, high budget content. We'll say movie, TV show, whatever. Yeah, just it high looks, quality content. Looks expensive. Yes, um, in a vacuum. But like in the greater context of the show itself, I think it did a disservice to what everyone had been building towards. Um, so that's that's my main gripe. Um, and I think that like other people have their own things. People are like, what did Jon Snow Targaryen things? And like I get those as well. Yep, um, I've seen those exact tweets. Yep. Um, Targaryen things but it it just boils down to um, there there was no payoff for a lot of the setup Um, or people or the payoff for the setups wasn't necessarily what people wanted right and 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 for me I feel like the payoffs were all there it's just the way we got to those payoffs was very rushed and messy yeah. And so they end up feeling less satisfying because you have to then, if you're not going to take the time to dramatize all of those steps, you end up in a situation where, like with Daenerys, it feels like a massive pivot. It very much didn't come out of nowhere, but in the moment, I could absolutely see audience members being like, wait, what? why is this happening? Yeah. So I get it. For me, though, it's like I said, it's the how and not the what, but the how undercuts the what a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, I, I feel like, those are all my thoughts on Game of Thrones. Do you have anything else you're into this week? Uh, you know what? Yeah. Um, I actually, I went last night and I checked out Aladdin. Oh, okay. Which I wasn't, at first I wasn't sure if I was going to check out in a theater. I went, and, and honestly, I'm glad I did. I, I dug it a lot more than I was expecting to. Okay. It was it was fun. Now I'm not going to sit here and say like best picture of the year. Uh, and I'd really have to think back on the other the Disney live action adaptations that I've seen if I was going to try and rank it or place it in a in a hierarchy. Yeah. But I know I I had more fun watching this one I think than I have any of the others. Uh, going into it, of course, the the big thing that everybody was talking about more than any other factor was Will Smith as the genie. Right. Of course the original animated Aladdin was at the time the rare animated star vehicle. And of course, Robin Williams very famously created that character. It's very much him. Yeah. Very much his humor that nobody else could begin to replicate. You can't do what Robin Williams did. And so much of what that original animated film was, was crafted around Robin Williams take on that character. Yeah. So going in, it's like, okay, well, how is this not going to feel clunky, weird, incongruous. How is this going to work? Is this going to be almost uncomfortable to watch for two hours? I think the way they reorganized certain elements, the way they rebuilt the character, uh, much in the way that the character originally was was a byproduct of all of Robin Williams' specific strengths, yeah. I feel like they were able to tailor it for Will Smith. Okay. I haven't had this much fun watching Will Smith since probably since the 90s. This feels like he's going full 90s Will Smith. And I genuinely liked his genie, um, which is which is good because the genie was always kind of the heart of this story. Yeah. Uh, there are elements of it. Guy Ritchie, I thought, was a 
bit of an odd choice for this movie. Who is Guy Ritchie? Guy Ritchie, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. No, no, no. Who is he Snatch. in this movie? Guy Ritchie is the director. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so Lock, Stock, Snatch, a couple of Sherlock Holmes yeah, movies. I, yeah. King Arthur, Rock and Rolla. So I thought he was a, a an odd choice. And the way he shoots uh, some of the musical numbers, I think might be a byproduct of him being an odd choice to shoot you know, a dynamic musical sequence, but the result of it, which I think is probably an inadvertent result, is that a lot of the musical numbers, especially Will Smith's musical numbers, end up feeling at times like 90s hip-hop videos, uh-huh. which I dug a bunch. And I also like that they they hip-hopped up a lot of the songs, but only slightly. Okay. But then, of course, Will Smith is the genie. They go full 90s. Like, you you know, the, the memes of shit like getting genie with it. That's, yeah. That's exactly correct. That is exactly what it is. That is exactly the energy that he brings to it. And when he first enters the movie, I'm going like, okay, this is, he seems to be having a really good time. And then his, his version of Friend Like Me kicks in. Dude, like, I had a great time watching the way they pulled that together and again, tailored it specifically for Will Smith. Um, And by the time it comes in, right? Like, you know, Will Smith as the genie is the big thing that everybody's talking about. So you've been spending time with, with Aladdin, a little bit of time with Jasmine and, and Abu, of course, Uh, Jafar, who I think they gave Jafar a bit of an interesting motivation in this one in so far as he's, he's power hungry as he was in the original animated movie. Yeah. But it's about, his need to be the most powerful person in the room, because if you're not the most powerful person in the room, you're nothing. And so that's, it's this weird, almost petty drive for, for power for its own sake, but so as not to be worthless, which I thought was an interesting twist. Yeah. So you're spending time with everybody, but of course everybody's waiting for, for genie. And when that number kicks in, it's all of a sudden the energy of the movie just, just goes way, 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 way up. And I think, uh, the genie Aladdin chemistry in this movie is great. Um, I think Jasmine, who's played by, uh, Naomi Scott, she's phenomenal. Um, she should now be way more famous than she is. Um, they created a new song for Jasmine for this movie called Speechless. And her performance, its uh, as you're going into the kind of like home stretch of the movie, she, holy crap, she kills it. Yeah. Um, there's a new Handmaiden character that they create, uh, and she's hilarious, right? Like every every alteration they make, it feels like they were able to modernize certain things without making it feel too hacky yeah you know so there are there are ultimately there are elements of the movie that feel yes a little bit clunky a lot of it feels very very stagey but a lot of it is really fun and i would recommend if you're gonna go see it go check it out in imax that's how i watched it it's a really really fun it's a fun watch. It's okay. not, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, it's an amazing movie and you're going to think it's fantastic on a filmic level. There are there are certain issues in terms of storytelling where it definitely feels like they know we know Aladdin. Yeah. So so sometimes it feels like we're going beat to beat to beat. Yeah. But it's a lot of stuff happening without necessarily connecting the beats. Yeah. But, you know, it it it's fine because they're right. We all know Aladdin. It, it has... Those certain issues, but ultimately I had so much more fun with it than I was expecting to. And a lot of that is, yeah, it's credited to Will Smith and it really does feel like 
the same way, like I was saying, the same way they built out the movie from Robin Williams initially. It feels like they re they they tweaked the movie around Will Smith this time, and I think it was a good choice. And I feel like he he killed it, and they made it feel very much like it's it's his character. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not nobody's trying to emulate Robin Williams, right? Because you can't. It's not possible, and that would have felt a little bit tasteless. I, I like what they did a bunch, and I feel like they sidestepped any any criticism in that direction, right? Like, I don't think you could point to that and say they're just trying and failing to re- replicate what Williams brought to it originally. Yeah. Um, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, maybe not the best movie you're going to see this year, but I think it's a really good time. And, of course, who doesn't, who doesn't like Aladdin, you know? Yeah. So it's it's fun, you know, and, and see it in IMAX because everything is real big and real loud and real colorful. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, okay. There's um, a lot of rambling, but you, you get it. No, yeah, I got you. Um, I'm into... uh, I just watched the second season of Barry over this weekend. I am hearing amazing things about that show. Um, It's a great show. Have you watched any of it? I have not yet. Okay. Um, It's really fun. Uh, It has a lot of colorful characters. Um, It's very, like, navel-gazy in terms of, like, L.A. actor stuff. Sure. um, Which can... It, I don't know, I, as I live in L.A., um, I don't know what it's like to experience that from the outside. So I don't. So I'm sure your mileage will, be, will vary. Um, your mileage will vary. Am I right, guys? No. Um, no but no, not. I think that like it is it is very well acted. It's very like thoughtfully written. And uh, I feel like the way that we get from episode to episode um, is really, since it's so character driven, um, it is, it's both very clever and also uh, sometimes super dark, which I really like, which you, I guess you would expect from a show about uh, an assassin who is trying to become an actor. Right. Um, But he, like tomorrow we're going to talk about fringe, which one of the main characters struggles with trying to be a good person, even though he's done bad things and you get kind of the same, you get kind of the same struggle with Barry as well. And I really like watching the, there's every, after the credits, like HBO always does this with its tentpole shows where they do a little interview with the creators of the show. Right. Um, And it's really interesting to see how they construct the season and, like the way that the writer's room uh, thinks about the characters. Uh, so I, I definitely recommend it. I definitely recommend watching it. Everyone's acting to the best of their abilities. You get to hang out with uh, Bill Hader and Steven Root and, and the Fonz, also known as Henry Winkler. Um, and also uh, there's a character named Noho Hank, who is probably one of my favorite uh, characters on TV right now. I have heard of Noho Hank, but I know nothing about this character. Well, watch the show, and you'll be like, Noho Hank's the best! Oh, Noho Hank, he's so cool. I definitely plan on getting on this show soon. A bunch of people have been recommending it to me. Yeah. Um, uh, And for those who watched Gotham, uh, Noho Hank is played by the same dude who played Zazzle in that show. Um, he is, he's the dude with alopecia. So he is, he's like bald, has no, no, 
um, eyebrows and stuff. Zazzle, yeah. Zaz? Victor Zaz? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I didn't watch Gotham. <laughs> um, it's fine. But uh, he's great. He There's a, a moment, like, he's a very whimsical character. And there's a moment in the first season, uh, or first episode of season two, where, like, you see him do a, a quick character shift. And you're like, oh, damn. He's so menacing. I've never seen, like, you, 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 you wouldn't think that this character has that much menace in him. Uh, and it's so believable. This character, it's also, the show is a really fun chance to see really good actors doing bad acting which i think is really fun because he's like he's in this acting class and so you get to see people like darcy carden who's amazing in in uh you've seen her in the good place if you've seen the good place um doing such great work on that being an an, uh, aspiring actor who cannot act um so it's it's fantastic uh so highly recommended but let us know what you're into, everyone. Oh, one, one last thing that oh. I, I forgot to mention about Aladdin. This sure. is actually the thing that got me into the theater in the first place more than any other factor. Okay. I learned, and, and it proved correct to my great joy, uh, Will Smith, going full 90s Will Smith, does a rap for the end credits. Yeah. That, that's it. It's great. Oh, okay. It's great. Nice. I missed 90s Will. Um, well, you got him back. And now you can also see him in the movie Gemini, oh, yeah, featuring Gemini, a young Will Smith, featuring '90s Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, um, which is just CGI. Well, he was CG in the '90s. That's true. Yeah, yeah I yeah I've watched Independence Day, um, but yeah, guys, what are you into? Let us know on twitter at missing outcast m-i-s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t-c-a-s-t um or you can hit us up on our personal twitters lex where can people find you i'm on twitter and instagram at the lex michael you can find me at tari j t-a-r-i-j-a-y also on instagram and twitter though i never post on instagram because i'm a bad grammar um just just ask my posts just ask my english teachers my grammar is bad um all right that's how i'm gonna end this show uh tomorrow we're gonna be talking about uh the jj abrams kurtzman and orsi feet or not feature but uh fox show fringe that came out in 2008 i am introducing lex to the pilot uh and it's going to be as spoiler free as possible because i want him to experience every aspect of it uh fresh and good uh so if you have a chance to check out tomorrow's episode please do it's going to be so fun we're going to talk about fringe and fringe science um but also make sure that you have a wonderful or had a wonderful Memorial Day. With your tasty time-displaced barbecue. Hell yeah. All right, see you tomorrow. Bye.